0: Hello and welcome to the Eating Disorder Therapist podcast. This is a podcast to help you find peace with food and overcome disordered eating. And I'm Harriet Frew, aka the Eating Disorder Therapist. And I'm so excited to share with you all kinds of stories, tips, information and guest interviews to help you on your journey in finding peace with food. So thank you so much for listening today. So today is a bite-sized episode and I want to talk to you about inversion thinking And this is a way of approaching problems, um, for example, recovery from an eating disorder or other problems in your life, and actually focusing on the negative in a way that can help spur you on around change. So before I launch into it, are you someone who is motivated more by the positive or the negative? Do you prefer the carrot or the stick approach? Now I know personally, I'd always thought I'm much more motivated by the carrot. So the possibilities, the hopes, the dreams, the visions, embracing all that could be in life. And I know my own eating disorder recovery, it helped me to keep taking steps forward because my desire for a different future was really strong. I wanted to travel, I wanted to study, I wanted to live out a life with purpose and joy but I've also been reflecting recently on the power of the negative, the stick approach to drive you too. And this has been stimulated by listening to various podcasters in the personal development space who are talking about the power of inversion thinking. Now, let's talk a bit more about this. Now, James Clear, the author, personal development guru, etc describes in his online article, so I'd really recommend going and having a Google of inversion theory, James Clear, and you will get um, a good article about it. But he talks about the goal of the exercise with inversion thinking is to envisage the negative things that could happen in life. So for example, the Stoics would imagine what it would be like to lose their job, become homeless, or to suffer an injury and become paralyzed or to have their reputation ruined and lose their status in society. So the Stoics believed that by imagining the worst case scenario ahead of time, they would overcome their fears of negative experiences and make better plans to prevent them. While most people were focused on how they could achieve success, the Stoics also considered how they would manage failure. What would things look like if everything went wrong tomorrow? And what does this tell us about how we should prepare today? Now, this way of thinking, in which you consider the opposite of what you want, is known as inversion. So James Clear says that when he first learned of it, he didn't realize how powerful it could be. But as he studied it more, he began to realize that inversion is a rare and crucial skill that nearly all great thinkers use to their advantage. Now, the human brain actually finds it easier to problem solve anxious, fearful type thoughts rather often than to recall our grateful thoughts or happy thoughts. Now, not that we should never practice gratitude or positive thinking, because I think these are really helpful ways of approaching life. But it's interesting to think that as humans, we're very much evolved to look for fear, to look for anxiety, to look for the threat, to look for the danger. That's the way we've kind of been wired. And then we are wired also then to problem solve this and to think about how we get ourselves out of the situation. So how can we use this in eating disorder recovery? So, yeah, how can we do it? So I thought I would have a think about listing 10 things not to do in recovery to see if you find this helpful with your motivation. Now, it's quite an interesting perspective to do it, actually, because when I was thinking about the 10 things not to do, Um, Yeah, it was kind of quite strange approaching it from this way of thinking because I tend to be much more of a carrot person than a stick person. But as I go through the different 10 things not to do, do let me know if this is a helpful approach for you and if it helps you to start to consider change. And actually if it propels you into a place where you start to problem solve and to think about your problems differently or maybe not maybe you find it really unhelpful. So I'd just be really interested to know because this isn't just something I've made up. (laughs) You know, a lot of people in the personal development space use inversion theory as a way of getting motivated for change and to really kind of push themselves to that pain point in their mind so they can really get focused on their goals and their values and the direction they want to go in. So before we launch into talking about this and the 10 different things not to do in recovery, we have a short advertisement break. And I know we talk a lot about food freedom on this podcast and how important it is to take care of yourself mentally and physically as you learn to navigate a culture inundated with toxic messaging. One of the best ways to take care of yourself is through exercise. But I know it can be really hard to find an exercise program that isn't rooted in these toxic messages and doesn't feel triggering. Well, I recently met Katie The owner of an amazing new exercise company called WeShape. WeShape doesn't focus on calorie counting, tracking how much you work out or making you feel bad about your body to get you motivated. Instead they create a customized exercise routine for you that helps you connect with and care for your body rather than feeling pressure to change it. They help you learn to set intentions that come from a place of self-care, rather than self-judgment and they support you every step of the way with an amazing community and live coaching so you can make exercise a self-care practice that helps you feel better in your body and about your body. Plus, they're giving listeners of the show the chance to try it out for two full weeks for free. So just head on over to weshape.com forward slash freedom or check out the link in the show notes to get started today. Okay, so let's launch in now to 10 things not to do in eating disorder recovery. So number one, Don't eat regularly. In fact, try to eat as little as possible, delay eating, miss meals, cut out food groups and be fully restricted. This will ensure that you feel cold, tired, weary, exhausted and dizzy. Your blood sugar will be low, you'll be preoccupied with food and highly likely to fall into binge eating, chewing and spitting or something else. Number two, never take a rest day at the gym. Never mind thinking about the joy of movement keep pushing yourself, go hard or go home, as they say. And this will guarantee that you come to loathe exercise, resent it, get frequently injured, have low immunity and miss tons of social events due to the hours toiled on the treadmill. Number three, if you break a food rule, absolutely remember that you have now blown it 100%. Hold on with dear life to your all or nothing thinking with an iron grip. It will ensure that you catastrophize every minor event and continue in a cycle of feeling out of control and as though you're constantly failing. Number four, isolate yourself. Do not open up to family and friends. Stay away from everyone and cling to your eating disorder. This will absolutely allow the ED to run riot in your mind and thoughts. You'll feel as if no one cares and that you're on your island and so alone. And it will ensure that no one can possibly reach you and help you either. Number five, weigh yourself multiple times per day, the more the better. This will absolutely reinforce your attachment to weight and worth. You'll have a constant reminder of your failure to control such an uncontrollable number. You will ensure desperation and despair and you will strengthen your addiction to constant weighing. Number six, ban all foods that are tasty and don't fit under the umbrella of clean eating and health. This will guarantee huge anxiety day to day as the rigor needed to follow such a regime is intense and it means social eating is near impossible and allowing anyone else to cook for you brings you out in hives. You'll also be fantasizing about all the foods you're depriving yourself of and this will ensure deep misery and deprivation. Number seven, Body check, not just in mirrors, in your phone, in car windows, reflective surfaces, do it all the time. Again, you are reinforcing this link between body shape and worth. You'll guarantee a body obsession around micro changes. You'll become deluded and confused about your body shape, having no sense of reality with it. Number eight search out those toxic social media accounts where images are curated to the nth degree and disordered eating might clearly be lurking beneath the six pack and what i eat in a day but it's glossily glazed over with shiny wellness filling your mind with these images it will make sure that you're seduced away from the recovery road because it all looks so good you will find yourself waking up days or weeks later wondering how why did you get back into this place again after venturing on another restrictive diet number nine Don't stand up for yourself. Let other people trample all over your precious voice, beliefs, hopes, and dreams. Let other people dictate your life choices and tell you what to do. This often feels safe and takes responsibility away, but guarantees a build-up of understandable resentment, anger, and fury at the limitations and boxes placed around you. You'll undoubtedly turn to food, whether it be restrict or binge to cope, as it will feel like the one thing is yours to control. Number 10, don't accept help. Don't pursue help. Minimize your problems and assume that it's not worth investing in yourself. You can't be that unwell and you th- think that it's not really a big deal. This will make sure that you struggle for a longer time, you'll feel isolated and your issues may become more entrenched. Your identity will start to become your eating disorder and you won't want to live the, leave the prison of safety it offers while it simultaneously is stunting your life. So those were 10 things not to do in eating disorder recovery, 10 inversions. So how did you find that? Did you find it helpful? Did you find it triggering? So just reflect on that really, because I think it's not gonna be helpful for everybody. And I think if it wasn't helpful for you, then obviously don't listen to this podcast again, put it to one side and realize that you have learned that inverting recovery statements is not very helpful for you. However, if hearing not what not to do has spurred you on, has really added a bit of fuel to your recovery fire, then this could be a useful tool for you and you could really personalise it. You know, you could write your own list of 10 things not to do in eating disorder recovery. And then what we can do then is flip them and it can help us to make changes and turn in the opposite direction. So I'm now going to Flip those 10 things I just spoke about. Okay, so number one, actually eat regularly. Don't restrict and balance your blood sugar. Number two, pursue the joy of movement and what your body can do. Train, but rest too. Root out, number three, root out all your nothing thinking. Be kind and compassionate to yourself and work to be in that middle ground of grey. Number four, reach out to your support network, families, friends, professionals, anyone that is a listener and encourager and supportive of you. Number five, break up with the weighing scales. If you're wedded to them now, think about how you'd like to change your relationship with them. Get rid of them ideally, but dilute your attachment to them bit by bit. Number six, work towards intuitive eating and allowing all the foods. Number seven, develop a healthy relationship with the mirror. Maybe you don't need to be looking in the mirror anywhere near as much. Number eight, follow social media. Things like cats or travel or inspiring content. Stay away from anything that is triggering for you. Number nine, stand up for yourself. Learn to be assertive and find your voice. This is such an important part of eating disorder recovery. And number 10, ask for help. Find people who have walked the journey already. Seek out mentors and recovery information and people who are a few steps ahead of you. Find the voices that inspire and speak personally for you and never give up. Okay, so I hope you found this episode intriguing, helpful, giving you a new perspective on things. If you have something to share about this episode, do send me a DM on Instagram at the Eating Disorder Therapist underscore. I'll be very curious to hear your thoughts on this. If you're not following me already do see me out on Instagram at the eating disorder therapist underscore. If you're a therapist listening to this, you may want to sign up for my body image or eating disorders online courses. The links are in the show notes. I continue to have 50% off as well. My 10 steps to intuitive eating course. This is for anyone that's interested in overcoming disordered eating and developing a much more balanced and healthy relationship with food. If you enjoy this podcast, I'll be so grateful if you'd follow rate and review as it helps it reach so many more listeners. Thank you so much for listening today and I look forward to sharing another podcast episode with you very soon.